0: The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Transfolk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Of presenting personalities as their authentic selves. This is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky, the official podcast of FetishCon. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the Kink and Fetish worlds, as well as other educators and sex-positive personalities, sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is your host, John, or as they are known in the kink and fetish communities. Hi there, Katsu.
1: Hello there, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. We approach episode number 200 with Mistress Stephanie Locke, followed by those amazing episodes with Chicago Mistress Simone and Porcelain Midnight as we finish up 2023 and head into 2024 with such momentum. I'm really looking forward to 2024 because we'll be making a repeat edition of our trip to FetishCon, which we cannot wait for. It was at FetishCon a year ago that I had an opportunity to meet an amazing model and I'm happy to bring her to you on the show this week. Autumn Bodell has been traveling the roads of the United States in an almost constant tour. In the accommodations of her travel trailer, this amazing model has created moments for people of our community through her amazing content and experiences. Her more than 13 years of experience includes television, movies, pay-per-view, internet, magazines including Hustler, as well as radio, being a party hostess, and working in dance clubs. We had a chance meeting at FetishCon that brought us together as friends, and as you'll hear, She is as genuine as they come. Autumn Bodell, on what women and other wonderful humans want. What was the genesis
0: of what made our guests who they are? We begin that journey with the first five. Five questions about firsts.
1: First time you ever referred to yourself as the devil's kinky reject, and why? Oh, good question i would say i would
2: say like two years ago um well i uh, i'm a fan of rob zombie i think his wife is totally adorable and i think i laugh like her so <laughs> um uh that's why but i don't know the first time i've ever like twitter would be the first time i ever like referred to myself as that um, definitely my my name my title on Twitter was the Devil's Kinky Reject. But yeah, yeah, it it relates back to uh to Sherry Moon and the giggling and the laughing and stuff. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> first time you ever set foot out on the open road in your RV, where was your destination? And did you ever think that it would eventually take you so many different places?
2: Okay, so my first i had i had first four months planned out, and I was going to Ohio for incarceration, um, and I was going with uh, Morgana Souls and one of a um, non industry friend, and I stopped in Pennsylvania. I was going to, uh, the Floyd Wright house, the river, uh, house on a river. Um, but I realized that Mm -hmm. you needed to get tickets to go there. So I went cave, cave diving instead, um, on my way to Ohio for incarceration. And I had a bunch of, uh, sessions set up there and shoots set up in Ohio, uh, Mansfield, Ohio. And, um, Yeah, that was a great time. And I did not expect I thought I was going to do my four months on the road and then head back to mom's driveway and either put the RV up for sale or I don't know, I wasn't really thinking that far in advance. But 18 months later, I think 17, 18 months later, I'm still on the road. So to answer that question, no, I did not think it was going to take me as far as it did. So I'm loving it and I don't want it to end.
1: Can you remember your first shoot and how you felt? My first shoot, um, yeah, uh,
2: I wasn't even autumn at that point. Um, it was uh, well, okay. So I was a exotic dancer before I became a, a fetish model. So being naked to me was a very comforting zone. Um, I actually felt more uncomfortable when people were hiring me to do clothed shoots because I didn't know what to do. Like I was so used to being nude. So um, I first started off like still photography modeling. um, And that was um, an adult shoot, like a, and it's yeah, a naked shoot that a friend had hooked me up with. Um, And they paid me right away so they actually didn't pay me when I was wearing clothes (laughs) because I didn't know what to do so um yeah my first photo shoot was nude paid I did awesome I felt totally comfortable and then after that she got me into foot jobs so I started doing foot jobs after that um and that was clothed but um it was difficult. I didn't realize the muscles that you use and all the different positions that you can be in. Uh, you know, it's you know, when you give someone a hand job, it's like wham, bam. It's very easy, but feet, <laughs> you, there's a lot you could do with feet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can you remember your first fetish shoot, which was fetish wear? because you have had a lot of amazing outfits that i've seen you in many of which of course make my heart go pitter patter <laughs> my friend but can you remember that first one where you were like yeah, this
2: is <laughs> yeah Uh, let's see it was probably something with fishnet because i didn't latex is expensive so i definitely did not own latex for a few years um I would I would venture, I don't remember my first fetish video shoot. Um, no, because so, I mean, I started off doing feet, tickling, and desperation, and especially desperation. They wanted you in your, you know, all of those actually, they want you in regular street clothes, you know? Um, mm-hmm. even you know bondage bondage was regular street clothes um, I would say that the fetish wear started for solo like like still shoots for modeling so mm-hmm. I don't recall my first my first one but I do know like a fishnet bodysuit with a corset because I traveled with the renaissance festival so I always had corsets so, I have a lot of corsets. So, I should actually do more corset clothing fetishes. But <laughs> um but yeah, it was probably uh you know what? I do remember it now. It was a fishnet bodysuit. Um it was with a photographer I no longer shoot with. Um I don't even know if I would remember his name, but I shot with him twice and I didn't like the second shoot, but he had me all bound, like bound up and gagged and blindfolded and roped up and it was fun. That part was fun. I liked that part. So <laughs> um but yeah he had me in he had me in a fishnet bodysuit with a with like a little belt, like a, a, a Velcro belt that wasn't like anything solid. And then I, I always had boots, my thigh high boots. So that was I was wearing those.
1: And then a lot of rope. <laughs> <laughs> totally self serving mm-hmm. question Describe the first time we met each. oh night. man, that
2: was at fetcon that was great. We were both taller than everybody else, so we just kept looking over over the crowd at each other from across different rooms, so. <laughs> When we finally get, I think we even mentioned that, like when we finally did come in contact with each other, we were like, you know, we've seen each other over the crowd this entire time. (laughs) And it was instantaneous love. You've been fantastic. Yeah, you've been fantastic ever since that conversation. So
1: my favorite part of our first meeting, and I'll just call fetish con as a whole, our first meeting. Was when you were in my room, no people, don't go there. <laughs> it was a very large business room that had a rope mm-hmm. rig in it. And you had been tied and suspended. And I got underneath you and looked up and we just started having the sweetest conversation. Yes.
2: I remember that. That was a nice room. There were a lot of people in that room too, so it was. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, I have lots of people in my hotel room. Yeah, that was a
2: nice setup.
1: But the peacefulness that you had in yourself, because you were in rope and it felt good, and you were at a wonderful bit of peace, and I just looked in your eyes and saw somebody that was exactly where they yes. wanted to be. Describe that feeling.
2: Um, So it's a, like a serenity kind of peacefulness, you know? Um, you don't have to worry about, I, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of an insecure person where like, you know, if I'm walking around, uh, you know, my hair okay does does anybody notice this screw up that i did on my makeup or you know whatever kind of insecurities you have all day so it was like a moment where nothing was insecure you know it was just complete peacefulness there was no judgment in the room there was um a very comfortable tie as well because i've been tied and not always comfortable so (laughs) that helped as well um so it was just a cozy, you know, I want to be here in this moment right now. And um with you, you know, it was great chatting with you like that. You and the little bunny girl, too. I remember talking with her. She was adorable. Yeah.
1: Sophia, yeah. yes. So,
2: yeah, it was a good time.
1: We're going to talk about other good times and how Autumn Bodell travels the country in a way that you would Maybe not believe, but it has definitely become her trademark. Autumn Bodell is our guest. This is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dayton Kinky, with special thanks to kinkstermerch.com. For more
0: than three years, we have presented this podcast as a labor of love without paid advertisers. We do this as we want to give back to this wonderful community for all the gifts it has given us. If you want to financially support our efforts, please visit bit.ly slash thanks and give what you can to help catsuit travel, teach, and bring you great in-person interviews. We will give you that address again later in the show. Now... Here are some words from Katsuit's friends about things you should know about. Hi Katsuit. Thank you so much for sharing your wholesome space with the team of Fetish Bacchanal. Sparkle the Brat and I, Goddess Alanis, will be hosting a three-day Kingfield retreat in Jamaica, June 28th to the 30th, 2024. This is gonna be an escape of a property with a cleansing mineral cave right in the heart of it. Follow at Fetish on Twitter for more updates on ticket links, vending, performances, and more. We are proud to be the official podcast of FetishCon, and we want you to join us in St. Petersburg, Florida, August 8th through 11, 2024. The trade show brings together models, producers, industry leaders, and fans from all over the world and brings you great classes in kink, or how to become an industry professional. You can get all the details at fetishcon.com.
2: I'm Dr. Allison Ash, intimacy coach and educator and the founder of Turn On Love, and I am delighted to be offering my Sexual and Emotional Intimacy Skills Master Course
0: in January. This is an eight-week virtual live instruction course. All classes are recorded for folks who can't attend live. We're going to dive into a ton of experiential
2: skills, science-based data, and practices to help you create and sustain the level of emotional and sexual intimacy that you want in your lives. Care to join us? Use the promo code WWWPODCAST for $50 off. You can find out more about this course and my other offerings at
0: www.turnon.love hopeless for love and a unique adventure he's just a little too vanilla a mansion sitter to the celebs lands a fresh gig for a mysterious client where is it it's the freaking
1: boondocks out here
0: cut off from the outside world i can't hear you you're cutting out menaced by a mysterious presence And introduced to a new reality. Look at all this cool bondage stuff. The assignment. Watch this series now at gemweathers.com. Empowering designs for fetish models, doms, sex workers, or anyone else who needs to be seen as their authentic selves. Visit the What Women Want podcast store at Kingster Merch on Etsy to see those and other wonderful designs for all Kingsters. Now, back to the show and more with our guests on what women and other wonderful humans want.
1: Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the show. Joined from Las Vegas after a nails appointment in the parking lot of a nail salon is Autumn Bodell in her... Castle on wheels, I guess <laughs> we could call it. You have been traveling the country now for more than a year, year and a half, in an RV and having adventures at every yes. moment. When did you say, this is something I want to do?
2: Oh, uh, wow. I've always traveled. Um when I was younger, I traveled with the Renaissance Festival. Um, I've always wanted to get, I've never been in an RV until I until I bought one. Um, yeah, I and it's actually a travel trailer. People will specify the difference between them. I call them all RVs, but it's a travel mm-hmm. trailer. Um, so not only am I driving something that I've never done before, I'm towing something that I've never done before, which is an art you have to learn, especially backing up. Um, But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I was, I was welding at my other job and I said, you know what? I am done with this. I want to just do this for a few months. Let me go. I was actually in Maryland for work, um, for modeling work. And I was watching television and a commercial came on and said, Hey, there's an RV convention right down the street from you. So I Googled the address and it was literally right down the street. So I went into, I was like, you know what, tomorrow I have some time. I'm going to go to this convention and just look around. So I did. And um, the first person, ah, he may not have been like the, the first person I actually talked details to, uh, his name was Cliff. And I noticed Cliff had a rubber wedding band on, which is a sign of a welder. So yeah. So I was mm. like, are you, a, are you a welder? He's like, yes, I am. He owned a company. We got to talking about welding and I got to talking and I ended up buying an RV from him. I <laughs> you know, like long story short, <laughs> Cliff the welder sold me an RV and I loaded it up with bondage equipment, modeling gear and welding um, products and haven't looked back since. It's just been, uh, I've, I've made plans. They've altered. Um, I've learned not to plan too far in advance I, I do have a game a game plan but I try um, I, I notice things things vary a lot especially in the, the first few months because you know your GPS is telling you you're going to be somewhere in four hours but it takes 20 minutes to pull over for a tank of gas so you know it's uh, I was I was late to a few things in the beginning. I had to refund some money to people in the beginning, you know, Um, they understood and we eventually sessioned again later on, but it was an adjustment learning how to drive for sure. Um, And so I didn't wanna plan too far in advance because I didn't know my, my driving time. If it says four hours, I'll probably be there in five or six. So um, I'm starting to learn that a little bit more now. And I'm actually going to start taking things monthly. Like I plan on being in Texas for a month and Florida for a month. So I'm not so like hustle and
1: bustle and all over the place. You mentioned Renaissance festivals. I love Renaissance festivals. I think yes. they're amazing. So what were you doing as you were traveling with the Renaissance? It was a Festival? beer wench. I sold beer. <laughs> <laughs> of course you were.
2: Yeah, my 18 years old, I uh, I served beer. And then um and then I, I sold clothes for House of Draw. I don't think she's still around anymore, but um she was a she was a big um she sold um she sewed Egyptian cotton, very good thin cotton. Um, so comfortable to wear. So I worked for her across the country as and along with, you know, the beer wench.
1: One of the things I love about Renaissance festivals is they are kink fests without saying yes. that they're kink fests. Is it true that they're kink fests without saying? 150% kink fest? true.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> what got me into the kink world because you know, you have a, a woman with her corset on and just superly friendly, you know, comfortable in their own skin type of people, you know, lollygagging around the place. And then after the, after the fair group closes, that's when everything gets real kinky, but <laughs> the general public doesn't know that. <laughs>
1: Do tell! I have to know at least a story or two.
2: We used to we're living in tents and buses and talking around fire pits and drinking and you know, I think one day I wore um like a garbage bag taped to me and by the end of the night it it was a dress and it was taped. It was this little we were having a little charades kind of game thing at night and yeah, it started off on and everything was good but then you know before you know it clothes are coming off and games are being played and people are going back to each other's tents and waking up together so (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a big fun festival
1: (laughs) well what was one of your first memories of kink in your life
2: um, I've always really been into bondage. So I loved um even when I was in you know high school, um being tied down it was a big thing for me. So um I had a, a boyfriend when I was 15, I want to say. Fifteen, yeah. Uh and he was in high he was 17. So he uh me and him would tie each other, he would tie me down mostly. So um, but it was still very vanilla ish you know we didn't know what the heck we were doing you know. <laughs> like arms tied down yeah okay good let's do this
1: <laughs> when did you start to notice that it had a different feeling though I mean I've as
2: far as bondage um it mm-hmm. never really did it just grew Um, I've always, you know, my first time, oh, you mean like different than just normal vanilla. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I didn't really have too much sex before then. So he was my first boyfriend. Um, and I was already into it. So like, I would even fantasize when I was younger, I would fantasize about like being restrained. So I think it's always been there so I sex was kind of awkward for me because I was always very shy about my body so I was never really comfortable having sex naked you know and so when I had like a boyfriend such as Ken for my first boyfriend um Barbie and Ken kind of cute um so (laughs) Um, yeah, he, when he started tying me down, it just felt normal. I, you know, I had orgasms that much faster because before then I didn't really have too many orgasms because I was insecure. I didn't like the way I looked and, you know, the bondage kind of helped me forget about all of that really. And I enjoyed every moment of it. So,
1: yeah. Did you have a moment when you decided you don't mind being the one doing the tying, and that also turned you up, turned you on.
2: I like considering myself as a switch because I'm as much of a giver as I am a receiver um, with most things. Um, like feet, I love feet. You know, um, if someone wants to suck on my toes, if they have a nice foot, I'll suck right back. Um, I I would say learn being curious about learning how to do knots is what made me want to start trying it. And again, trying to please him. um, I got to learn a little bit here and there and I enjoyed the dominant part of it as well. I liked, I liked, that was actually probably even more furring and more like myself because I got to do whatever I wanted and he was tied down. So without him saying no, it was fair game, you know, <laughs> <I'd> try whatever <laughs> I wanted to. And then, you know, I got older and older. I wouldn't say I did bondage with like, or like a fling, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't ever like a, hate to say it, but like a drunk night at a bar with a guy, you know, like it wasn't like a, Hey baby, let's, I barely know your name. You want to tie me up, you know, but, um. It was a relationship thing for sure that I that I did bondage with with my partners. So
1: Do you have more of a dominant personality now? Yes.
2: I would say yes.
1: What brought that on?
2: Um I would say that it was I probably always had the dominant personality, but I was so unsure of myself and insecure a little bit where um the submissive side taught me what I liked and didn't like um and then as I started learning more about what I liked and didn't like I I liked the the ability to have that dominant role and start having like experiments with my partners as far as what they may Not that I became more um, sexual or more informed or anything, but I was more confident in myself where I can, you know, be more dominant with somebody else and, and test their limits and see what they liked and didn't like. So I don't think I could have become, I don't, I was definitely not one of, I was definitely not a dominant person as a child or even like in high school. I definitely had to, learn my likes and dislikes and then that just even grew more once I joined the industry I mean there's so many so there's so many things now where like I would do them in my early 20s where now I'm just like no I've done that enough to know I don't like it so
1: (laughs) is there something that defines your dominant personality is there something that drives it
2: I'm just a pleaser. I I want people to experience the best pleasure that they can have. And I want them to go home being like, yeah, Autumn kicked my ass or, you know, like she, she really did an awesome job, you know, that hearing that really makes me happy and like all warm inside and knowing, I think like, that's a huge connection for me and that person. So being able to develop that connection, um, I would hate it if, I would hate it if somebody was just like, yeah, Autumn was all right, you know. I, that, that would totally break my heart, <laughs> you know. So um, having, having a, I'm big into eye contact, I'm big into senses and stuff like that, you know, whether it's touch, um, my voice, you know, but I really want there to be something if during our time together that makes that person leave and say, wow, you know, so that's really what drives it. You know, like I want somebody to really remember me and have a great moment with that. So
1: being a giver and worrying about how you're giving and how you're being received, does that allow top space to happen? Hmm.
2: That's a good question.
1: <laughs> um,
2: yeah. Because once I, once I know how to tickle your buttons, I go at it, you know? So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, it's like an investigation for the very beginning part. But then once, once I know that the triggers, then it's all top. Yeah. Then I love it.
1: So are you saying you like tickling? I think you do because of I've seen a lot of that content from you.
2: (laughs) Well, there's also bondage involved with that as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a little bit of everything. I love tickling because it's, um, it's such an innocent, vicious touch, you know, um, that I have learned over the years. Um, I'm definitely, as far as myself, my sense of what I like has definitely changed. Um, I used to be more of a Lee. Uh, now I'm 100% more of a lure. Um, and I've learned different techniques. Um, again, the soft sensual tickling. I like, I I enjoy the soft sensual as a Lee, you know? Um but yeah, no tickling. Tickling is um you, you can make it as sensual as you want or as vicious as you want. You know, there's a huge scale there, and um, bondage is included. Um, you can either have sexual contact or not, um, and have it still be just as exciting. You could do foot worshiping with it. You can do um, sensory play with it. So there's, it's not just like. I'm going to tickle you. You know, it's like a whole realm of different types of enjoyment and um, experiences that you can, you know, some people don't like their ribs touched or some people don't want to be blindfolded, you know, so there's a, a huge circle of pleasure that you can still do and a huge circle of things that you should not do. So it's another communication type of You know, you got to know your likes and dislikes. And some people don't even know their likes, dislikes, and they want you to help them find it, which is awesome. I always love those people.
1: You and I have known each other in such a friendly way, full of love, full of wonderful words to each other. I can't imagine you being mean to somebody. Yeah. How do you get yourself in that mindset?
2: So I'm definitely when I am mean to somebody, I'm kind of like the soft. I'm going to find out what words you like and don't like. And I mean, cock and ball tortures is just as much fun. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> um, that that amount of power and. And. Um, Dominance that you have over that person. It's um, that's what they want. So again, I'm a giver. If you want that, I'm gonna do it. I do have my limits. There's certain things that I cannot do. Um, I don't like race play, I don't like religion, like talking about different religions and stuff like that. So that's just a matter of like, I don't want to be in that headspace, and I don't even know how to get myself in that headspace, but just the typical, um, dominant, I'm not going to say hatred or madness, you know, it's, I'm still saying loving words just in an angry, like a darker, I don't even like angry. It's a darker tone, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not anger or hatred or anything like that. It's just, um, I mean, I can tell you I'm going to suck your dick in a voice like that, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a nice word, you know, it's a nice thought, but it's a dark tone, you know, you, like it's kind of like um, like sensual play where it's it's you're you're using your voice to to draw that type of um, energy towards them. So, again, I don't think it's hatred or being mean, it's um, just being dark.
1: I was privileged enough to go back to my roots a few weeks ago when I went to Cleveland, which is where my, I lived there for a while. And it's where uh, the home of my first kind of home dungeon at uh, the Academy there in Cleveland. And I got to do two sensation scenes. I used to be totally a sensation person. Impact. Oh, no, 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 new, 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 new. Of course, I'm much different now. But sensation was where it was at for me. And to go back and have a sensation scene done in a beautiful way helped me remember why I started loving King in the first place. And it was the connection. Right. Describe to me what connection means to you when
2: you are sharing that moment almost like when i was hanging above you you know when when you're sharing a moment you're almost breathing the same the same pace you know your inhales and exhales are the same you know um not intentionally either it's just you know you're in that zone together um when that person when you're reading each other's body language, is the person getting the chills or even as the submissive person, you know, is how is the dominant one feeling? how is their voice changing? Does it look like they're having fun? Um, but you do all of these things subconsciously, you know, like none of it's it's all effortless, you know. Um, reading body language is huge for me. Um, and I'm assuming most people, um no matter in which which position you're in, um, body language can't lie, you know, words can lie you're you you can, you know, especially when you're saying stop because you know you don't want that <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, but you can tell when somebody doesn't like that feather rubbed up against their nipple or doesn't like that paddle in a certain area, your body language, shows it and it shows to what tolerance you can handle it um and being aware and in that zone with each other is what really makes the kink life so extraordinary is because not that you know I'm not trying to say anything about vanilla lifestyles but again words lie You know, so when you add that extra depth to it with actions that aren't always sexual, but still are kinky, you're you're learning that much about each other that you don't even have to speak about. You can just feel it.
1: One of the things that I believe I know about you is that kink is in your soul. It's not just something that you turn on for a session it's something that you genuinely feel inside Mm -hmm. did that develop over time or did you always know that's who you were
2: i've always been a sensual person i've always been like this um i think it's i think it's kind of like a gift you know um other people can, it's a very common gift, you know, um, but being, uh, being open-minded and sensual, I, I also learned from a young age to be, um, a little bit on the kinkier side, you know, um, it's just kind of been my whole lifestyle, so, yeah, I don't know, I think it's just a, a, a way of life that I've, always known you know it's not something that I started when I was in college or you know some people do some people don't have that partner who they're willing to experiment with until later on in life I'm fortunate where I started it rather young so something I've always been into
1: we talked before the show and I had the opportunity to meet someone at fetish con that has become somebody that has supported you so very much in your efforts. I don't know if you want to talk about them directly or not, but what I'd like to talk about is how difficult this business is if you try to do it yourself and you sometimes need a team around you to help you be successful. Tell me what that means from your perspective.
2: So Anticle would love me talking about him if that's who you're (laughs) talking about. (laughs) He is, um, he's just a fascinating person. We, so I struggled in this industry for years and I don't use the word struggled as in like consciously struggled. I mean, there's just a lot to do. Um, And it's it's, over the, I started, I want to say like 2006 um before the internet you know before Facebook before social media um and that was that was difficult but it was also manageable um I belonged to a few websites I got a you know jobs through those websites um then I started traveling because once you work in the same spot long enough you kind of wear out your welcome with the local producers and stuff and you got to expand a bit um Doing it on your own, which most people do. And I I don't want to say that you require a team to be successful in this business, because I definitely know a lot of people who work their asses off and they're doing it alone. Um, I'm fortunate enough where uh a few years ago I met Anticle, um, and he would always just bring props to our sessions and he 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 really brought the joy back two sessions for me because you know a lot of times it's just like yeah I want to be tied down and tickled and do you know you know I'd ask them questions and they're like I don't know you know Um, but he actually knew what he wanted he had a whole scene planned out in his head he'd bring props I mean props such as like a movie glass so that I could smash it over his head and it would just crumble into a million pieces Um, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite ones him and I did was he brought helium balloons and we sat on a couch like feet to feet, you know, like our backs up against the arms of the couch, just looking at each other, talking and like tickling and then laughing after sucking helium. So it was like a weird like Mickey Mouse kind of like laughter. It was the, the chillest time ever. It was so much fun. Um, and I saw how much he enjoyed editing the movies that he and I made together. Um, They weren't originally supposed to go onto my website, but I was like, hey, do you mind? And he said, hey, no, I don't. So um, I started posting them. They were like my top selling clips because they were so original and well thought out, you know, and he would make these little previews for me and be like, hey, look at what I made. And eventually I was just like, listen, like I'm, I would love if you can help me edit so we started doing he started editing for me. Um and then I went on the road with the RV and I was like you know I can't do all of this from like a national park somewhere where I I don't even have cell phone service, you know. So he started working for me and I mean it was there's still a lot of work to do and I'm glad that he got to see the work end of it and it was very i try very much so to not stress him out i want this to be fun for him this was my idea that doesn't mean i need to like harm his idea of because once you start in the industry it's totally different than being on the outside seeing the ins and outs of everything is a lot different than buying a video or buying a session and being a participant for that one hour you know, um, making it a lifestyle choice is is a big step. So I'm very involved with his with his stepping stones. Um, I don't ever want him to do something just for the sake of Autumn Bodell, because he's a very giving person. So um, you know, if it's like Because he also has a a day job, you know, he also has his lifestyle, his family and everything, which I'm very close with his friend. I love his family. He's got a great family. Um, But, you know, I, I, I'm very careful with not overburdening him and still keeping it a, a joy for him and not a job because it is still a joy for me. And it's even more of a joy now that I have him helping me, (laughs) you know, so you know, now it's, you know, I just get crazy emails occasionally that I'm just like, ah, you know, no, I can't come to Germany tomorrow. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I literally today just got an email being like, so if you really like scissor holds you'll come to Germany tomorrow and you'll do this. And you'll, I'm like, I, that's like, even if I did buy a plane ticket today, flight wise, I won't even be there by tomorrow. So <laughs> like, you know, the impossible cra- uh, questions that you get and, he doesn't, I, I think he's starting to get emails on his own because occasionally he'll be like, yeah, you know, I got my first whatever picture, you know, like, or request for this or these silly little questions and um, I'm just like he'll ask me like how do I handle this, you know. Um, and it's, it's cute. It's, I like watching him grow. And again, he's helped me out. Cause like, I would have, I would not be able to have my website up like this. Um, it would definitely be delayed. It would be, you know, I'd be like, yeah, I'll get that to you on Wednesday. And it might be a month before they get it. Where now if somebody asks me for a custom, I can film it, throw it on my heart or throw it on my Google drive. He can edit it. And the customer gets it within a week, you know. Um, so it, he's he's made me really enjoy the lifestyle again, um, or at least not be so stressed with it, because it it can be very stressful. So
1: you mentioned stress. You're pretty good at segways. I got to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a situation we had last year and it shocked me, honestly, because you were coming to Cincinnati. And when I heard you were coming through Cincinnati, I got very excited. I was like, my friend's coming to Cincinnati and I would really love to see her. And I reached out to you and it turned into almost this Twilight Zone ish communication between us where. You were like, I do not know of these droids that you're, you know, in other words, just something that made no sense. And then you opened my eyes to the world of just how unfair communications and social media and people can be not staying out of your own private life and even making it difficult for you to simply get together with a friend. Can you talk to me a little bit about that and how difficult it is sometimes to just be a normal person because you have so many things that people are expecting you are rather than knowing you are?
2: uh yeah well I I don't ever see anything like that changing I think that's just the nature of the occupation and it's not just my story it's I think everybody's story where you know they they see us in a computer screen every day you know or once a week how often they like to you know and um they message us on social media um social media itself is just a an occupation on its own and whether it be twitter or instagram it's totally different worlds um but people people expect you to be on people expect you to be autumn 24 7 um and then they also like to and I don't, it's not a bad thing, you know, it's, it's, it's honorable. And it's, I, I it, it's why kind of we do what we do, where they want to know every little detail about us. But like, there's also a part where we're just like, well, that part, I don't want to share, <laughs> you know, there's plenty that um, everybody else gets to keep a secret. So I get to keep secrets too. Um, but it's hard to do that when your life is an open book on the internet. And you know people are asking you um you know they when they see you they're they think that that's who you are 24/7 you know and you're like no you know like i walk around in sweatpants 90% of the day <laughs> you know <laughs> like i don't wear makeup unless i'm going to a shoot you know <laughs> so um you know having that um downtime is very important and it it needs to be respected more um but at at the same time like you don't it's kind of like well you know you get into the industry because of these reasons so don't complain about them now that you're in it you know uh and you damn well can complain about it but you can't really expect any change from it because this is why we do what we do um but definitely, um, I'm not too positive if about like what specific conversation we had in my RV about social media.
1: Well, what had happened was that you were coming through Cincinnati, and I said something to the effect of "You're coming through Cincinnati, I would love to see you." And then you, uh, in an Instagram message back to me, you can go. I'm not sure, of, you said, I'm not oh. sure of the project you're speaking of. As <laughs> though it was code word for, I can't talk about this here, be quiet.
2: Yes, yes. So like so Instagram will automatically think that you're setting up some kind of illegal situation that you shouldn't be doing and everything is sexual and um, they have bots that like read certain words so meet see um all of these words will flag you and i've been shut down five times from instagram due to this um also for having like autumnbodell.com on a photo because i guess if somebody goes to that they're just trying to protect um protect people from seeing too much but it's it's ridiculous it, it's definitely overwhelming you def it's it's like a side job doing social media because twitter you can literally just post whatever you want and granted even i think a little bit's bit, a little bit too much on twitter mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like i do I not. actually
1: i actually re- replied to uh, satan matrix's picture today she was doing uh fisting basically Okay. And I said, "You look like you're looking for something or you're trying to hide maybe a set of keys?" <laughs> and, and I haven't seen the reaction yet, but it was a case of okay, I'm seeing this. Old... <laughs> you do not not wanna... not, I'm not it's not a judgy thing or whatever, but just the the, the look on her face kind of like <laughs> I've lost something in here. It's got to be in here somewhere. <laughs> totally out of context, it was hilarious. Yeah. But in yeah. context, it was like, oh my God, that's hilarious.
2: Yeah. And you don't want to open that while you're standing in line at a food store, you know? And that's, that's what why happens. we
1: have privacy screens.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I'm huge into anal sex. I love anal sex. And so I follow a lot. So I'll be walking around and I'll open up my Twitter. And before you know it, there's like some huge horse schlong and some poor girl's butt. And I, I'm just like, scroll, 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 scroll. Like, don't let anybody see what I'm into. Like, it's like going into your history bar on your computer. Like if somebody wants to know your life, just go on your Twitter and they can see everything that you're into. Um, and it's great. I love it. Um, Instagram needs to chill the fuck out because, Mm. (laughs) you know, like it's not so serious. I mean, granted there, you know, there's, I wouldn't want my, you know, eight year old non-daughter that I don't have to see it, you know, but maybe she shouldn't have a phone, you know, um, there should be better parental guidelines on those. Um, and you know, saying, Hey, you want to meet up after the show should not get me kicked off of the site. So, you know, um, and there's, there's a lot of that, and I don't know how to fix that. I don't know. Um, again, there's nothing that I can do to fix it. I just have to learn. I have to change my words. Um, and when somebody says something like that on Instagram, uh, I have to watch how I respond to Mm -hmm. it, um, such as how I responded to you. Like I may get kicked off for this response, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and most of the time people catch on to that. Most of the time people are like, Oh, okay. I'll email her, you know? Um, so I think people in the beginning, it was rather frustrating because it was kind of new and people thought we were just being a bitch and just not answering Mm -hmm. or, you know? Um, but that, I think now they know that that wasn't the case, that it's, you know, to keep our platform open, which is our job, our advertisement, you know, um, we have to not be so clear cut on, on our responses to DMs. We have to play the puzzle game. Emojis, emojis <laughs> are where it's at. <laughs> I'll just send the little mailbox.
1: I would just really love to see age restrictions being put on Instagram and or Twitter uh, to where you can look for what you want to look for. Yeah. I realized that my viewer numbers on YouTube are down because I only usually just put the audio on there. So I don't expect the amounts to, to be there. But when I had my first uh, video interview with Temptress Raven Eve, 8,000 viewers, easy. Yeah. And then when I posted my own and I said, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to protect myself and put an age restriction on it. Mm. Yeah. But I felt better about doing it because I wanted to protect not only myself, but people who shouldn't be seeing it in the first place. Right. Yeah. So that's that's why I, I laughed when I had posted a picture of two girls sharing a gag from Lou Rubens at FetishCon. This is sensitive content. <laughs> yeah. What if they were kissing each other and didn't have a gag in between them? Would that be sensitive? Probably not. Yeah. 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 And I've been flagged on Instagram now, so I I feel I feel po- positive that I'm a part of the industry in some way or the other. <laughs> you made it yeah it's like thank you i'm finally here so that's why in the podcast when you listen to my social media thing you'll hear and on instagram as long as it'll kick them off (laughs) exactly
2: (laughs) yeah when people ask me for my social media i automatically go to my twitter But then some people are like, well, what's your Instagram? And I'll be like, I'll give it to you, but it might not be there next month. So, you know, and I no longer. It's sad to say that the numbers of followers is even important. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate the fact that like, you know, I look at my page and it's like, oh, I have twelve hundred followers, but that's because I just got restarted again. Um, Mm -hmm. And you get so worked up over those numbers. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but. I will say when somebody else messages me, I do look at the numbers. Um, I look at, I look at who they're friends with as well, though. I don't just look at the numbers, Mm -hmm. you know, I look at, you know, the, the commonality that we have with each other. Um, I may even Google them, you know, Um, but you know, it's unfortunate that you look at those numbers, but you know, Instagram, that's why I go by Twitter numbers more so than anything, you know? Um, and even, even the following it's, it's all just, it's funny shenanigans. I can't, I can't, you can't lose sleep over it. You
1: know, (laughs) speaking of funny shenanigans, we're going to talk funny shenanigans when we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want presented by dating kinky and special thanks to kinkstermerch.com. We're with Autumn Bodell more in a moment.
0: connect with the show on social media. Follow us on Twitter because that's what we still call it, at what Women Want P1. On Instagram as long as they don't suspend us, at what Women Want Podcast. on Pinkster at what Women Want Podcast and on FetLife as WWwpodcast. And if you want to follow our host, that's easy. As they are hi there, Catsuit, on all platforms. We'd love to hear from you, so be sure to reach out. Now, some more words with Catsuit's friends. Welcome to the Yoniverse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and
2: unique expressions of female sexuality. From
0: asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy. From deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform.
2: You will not leave the same as when you came. Sexual Equanimity by Podophilius. This is a wonderful story of overcoming adversity in which the character's story begins in a world of chaos and despair and ends in a joyous sense of mental release and understanding. Sexual equanimity is a must-read for anyone struggling with feelings of shame and guilt as a result of their wants, needs and desires. Zane's story will resonate with many submissive males whose stories echo Zane's own and provides great insight and clarity. Make sure this book is on your reading list and ensure you don't miss out. It may just change your life an enthralling read that combines mental health and healing with kink. The ultimate submissive man's bible. Also don't forget to give our Rumble channel a follow at Chasm Podcast.
1: Yo this is Podophilius. Sexual equanimity is now available to purchase as a paperback and a ebook on my website which is www.podophilius.com. Alternatively you can purchase the Kindle edition, which can be found on Goodreads and Amazon. Are you
2: curious about kink, but don't know where to begin? (laughs) Or maybe you
0: have a friend who, while they appreciate your interest in BDSM, they don't really understand what it's all about. You should check out kink for the curious. It's a fun little activity book with color pages and word finds, lots of silly puns, (laughs) Uh, but lots of solid BDSM and kink information written by somebody who's been in the business for almost 30 years. Kink for the Curious, a BDSM activity book for beginners written by Princess
2: Natasha Strange. That's me. Is available on Amazon. Go get it
0: now. Craptaculous boundaries are not your fault. The more severe the dysfunction you experienced growing up, the more difficult boundaries are for you. David W. Earle. Or as Ms. Titania said, nobody ever warns you that when you come from dysfunction, a healthy mind can feel unsafe. We spend our lives being controlled by others, so we learn to control others. Or, we allow others to control us in exchange for love. Learn more about Take No Shit. Build better relationships through discovering, creating, and maintaining healthy boundaries in three, sometimes five, simple steps at my.curiouser.life. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's VenusConnections.com. Thank you for joining us. Please show your support of the show by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and leaving us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our video channel at YouTube.com slash at What Women Want Podcast. And to financially support the show, which we greatly appreciate, please visit Bit dot l y slash thanks catsuit and give what you can to help catsuit travel teach and bring you great in-person interviews we very much appreciate it this is nookie and dating kinky has brought you this podcast since day one we believe in great education for our community and this is just one of our efforts please join us at dating kinky built by kinksters for Kingsters, Polly, Queer, Transfolk, and anyone not quite vanilla.
1: And it's free. Welcome back to the program, joined by Autumn Bodell from her spacious, uh, it's, it's not an RV, it's a, a trailer, but it's beautiful. <laughs> I've actually seen it. It's actually really nice. It is, yeah, it's cozy. It's home.
2: It is. It, I, like, I miss it. If I'm ever staying in a hotel and my RVs, like travel trailers parked in the parking lot, I'm like, can, can you like put me in a room so I can overlook my RV? The first time I was ever in a hotel, I went to the hotel, got in that big comfortable bed with those comfortable pillows. And I was, I was sitting there the whole time. Well, what if someone's in my RV? My whole yeah. life is in my RV. I need to go to my RV. So I went down to my RV. Now I knew nothing about them yet. So I'm sleeping in it. And I'm like, well, I don't know if this is too much weight. I'm sleeping on the bumper. Like, is the bumper going to shift out of my car? Like, am I like, like, it's not set up like, you know, with the trailer parts down, I was just, you know, kind of uh, boondocking. I was like, I I might break it. Let me go back up to my room. So I went back up to the room and then I'm sitting there. I'm like, but this is like, what if someone breaks in and they steal my life? So I went back to the RV I did this about three times I'm I, I, I I'm not sure I'm pretty sure I ended up sleeping in the RV there are plenty of times I've gotten hotel rooms and just slept in my RV I love it it's my home
1: <laughs>
2: separation anxiety
1: beautiful <laughs> yeah you are getting ready to go to Exotica which one are you going to I'm going to the
2: DC one in December the first wow. weekend in December
1: I really should get to that one because DC is my hometown and there are so many people at Exotica that I know. I am more comfortable at a fetish convention or a kink convention than I am at Exotica because two reasons. Number one, the amount of skin actually would make me uncomfortable. Fair enough. Yes. Um, but of course seeing uh, seeing all my fetish friends is is wonderful what is it about exotica that works for you
2: i just network i'm all about the networking there um i do do adults but not very often um some of the stuff i do in my fetish world can convert over into adults as well um however uh, like for example oh, i'm so excited Ah, I'm so excited. This is my starstruck moment. Um so for years, years people have been emailing me. I don't it may be the same few people, but they're always like you need to get together with April O'Neil and you need to tickle her. And I'm like, okay, listen, April O'Neil has like 55 million followers. Like <laughs> she if I message her with my little 10, she's 10,000. She's going to be like I have no idea who you like, she's just going to ignore that DM completely, you know, at least that's what I'm thinking. And um, yeah, so for years, like, and I'm just like, I, you know, one day I'm going to meet this April O'Neil and, you know, we're going to work together. Well, this year at the New Jersey Exotica, I met April O'Neill. I did. Mm -hmm. And she was such a sweetheart. And, um, I was like, I went up to her. I was like, yeah, I'm a tickle. I'm a tickle model producer. And, you know, I just want to say hello really quick and just let you know, I get asked all the time to tickle you. And she's like, oh, well, let's work together one day. And my, yeah, my jaw dropped. I was like, oh my God, did April O'Neil just say that to me? (laughs) She gave me her business card and everything. So, um, I've been running around like a crazy person, but on the tops of my priorities, I'm kind of still um, just getting back from Exotica. So I'm on like a a vacation. Yes, that's what we're allowed to do. It's a vacation. (laughs) So (laughs) this is actually my first work assignment, if you want to call it that. I call it, you know, chatting with a friend. But, um, you know, this is my first Autumn moment since Exotica. So um she's at the top of my to do list. I will be messaging her and trying to set something up while I'm on the Pacific side of the country. And that's like, I have to say, like my starstruck moment. You know, like I was not expecting her to be like, oh, well, let's work together. I was just <laughs> like, with me, <laughs> like you know who I am. I, oh, that's another thing. When I told her my name, she was like, I've heard of you. I was like, Yeah, yeah, like, oh my god, you know, this, yeah, total girl crush moment, you know, like just super excited. It's like, Yes, I've made it. Um, yeah, that was me being a fan. <laughs> So um, hopefully it works out, and so all my tickle fans, hopefully you will see me and April O'Neil shooting together one of these days soon. Highlights of my career, other than Hustler Magazine, that would be my highlight of my career.
1: And we didn't even talk about that.
2: <laughs> I was in Hustler Magazine for April, um, April twentieth edition for models who smoke marijuana. So yeah. thanks. Yeah. Whitney Morgan, um, definitely gave me the hookup for that. Love that woman. <laughs> Love her. Hi doll. Hi doll. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, me and a few other models. Um, it wasn't like a centerfold or anything like that, but it was still like, I have a huge picture in Hustler magazine. And Oh, let me tell you when that got sent to my mom's house. Cause I've been on the road. <laughs> yeah. I've been on the road. So I was like, mom, can you get my mail? Like, just, and then I'm like, well, just flip through the pages until you find mine. She never sent me that photo. And when I got home to visit her and I started flipping through the pages, I was like, Autumn, what did you just ask your mother to do? (laughs) Like, yeah, your, your picture is about marijuana, but every other picture in there is not. So my mother. i love her um so yeah it was a big proud moment of my life was hustler magazine and now hopefully we'll be shooting with april o'neill so
1: I but nothing's t- in
2: the works yet so i don't want to i don't want to i'm just putting good energy everybody good energy out in the atmosphere for that
1: well i've sent a text to one of my all-time crushes and to talk about doing a video interview when I go up to Minnesota, hint, hint. Uh, And I think she's going to do it with me because she, but she also knows that when I do video interviews these days, it's always full of shenanigans Mm -hmm. because just simply doing an interview is one thing, but doing an interview with shenanigans that's another thing (laughs)
2: yes (laughs) well congratulations and good luck to you as well thank you
1: thank you I actually have two of those set up and maybe we'll have a third because I think it's so much fun to get to talk to people in their own environment yes and so so that would be pretty amazing
2: yeah for sure
1: What's the best way to follow you? I I would guess it's autumnbodell.com is the best place to follow you. Yeah,
2: so I have um, autumnbodell.com. There's um, an email account there. Um, And then the last page is my links that go to my clips for sale stores um, and any other kind of link that I may have. Um, I have my calendar page on there. So you'll know what state I'm traveling to and when. Um, Twitter is Autumn Bodell. um right now my instagram is autumn underscore again <laughs> um i don't know what it will be next month but that's what it <laughs> that's what it currently is um but yeah definitely autumnbodell.com will always get you to me so i've had it for years but i don't see it going anywhere
1: will i get to see you at fetish con next
2: year um too far in advance for me to predict but i'm gonna say there's a 90 percent chance yes you will absolutely and if not maybe i might just have to come up to ohio
1: it's legal here now
2: is it nice congratulations (laughs) there is a there is a reason to like ohio i like i I don't
1: imbibe my queen does
2: Okay. But it's
1: legal now. So there you go. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the things that I know that bring my friends to Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) Autumn, what a wonderful pleasure it is to see you, my friend. As I've mentioned in the promo, which actually ran twice because we had flipped your show. Uh, with uh, with another one because there was a really timely topic that I wanted to talk about. But I said in the promo, I finally get to talk to my friend, and it Yay. is so much of an honor for me to be your friend. And I so thank you for your love, your support, and just your kindness. You are the best.
2: Likewise, with every statement you just made, I love you, and it's so good to see you even if it is through a video screen. You just make me want to hug you more now, that's all.
1: <laughs> I will
2: accept that. Air hugs. air hugs.
1: It is such a pleasure to be able to talk to my friend and I hope to see her very, very soon. And if you have an opportunity to check out her content, I highly recommend it. She has this wonderful energy about her that really came through during the show. And I hope you'll check it out on her various stores.
0: Have you missed an episode or want to catch up on our nearly 200 episodes? All our shows are available in the archives. And here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want,
1: presented by Dating Kinky. We have one of our longest episodes ever with two of our favorite guests ever. Skylar West and Jim Weathers join us to talk about their feature-length movie, The Assignment. Everything that went into the behind-the-scenes, the the creative process, and more. It's a great look at everything that goes into making an amazing piece of content. Jim Weathers and Skylar West, next time.
0: New shows premiere every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform, Subscribe to the show and never miss an episode.
1: Special thanks to Autumn Bodell and special thanks to our friends at Dating Kinky who present us each week. And to our friends at Kingster Merch on Etsy and KingsterMerch.com. You can find some amazing items including t-shirts, mugs, notebooks, and so much more for all your kink needs. And they have the collection of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want where you can show off your authenticity and wear shirts that can make you be seen in a totally different way. I'm John also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you.
0: Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1 on Instagram at What Women Want Podcast, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kinksters for Kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free.